Welcome to the Kidmen Huddle, part of the Kids Matter Podcast Network. Gather round, Kidmen leaders, and be encouraged and equipped as you build the kingdom. Now here's your host, Amber Pike. Welcome to episode 18 of the Kidmen Huddle. So recently, God has been laying the same thing on my heart over and over and over everywhere. It keeps coming up like a lot. And God has been laying this issue on my heart for a while. And then I started reading a new book, and it was a huge part of this book. And then the new devotion that my husband got me for Christmas, it had a devotion all about this. And then I listened to a podcast that I listened to, and they had an episode all about this. And then as God kept laying it on my heart, I had inspiration to write a lesson about it, and then a devotion, and then a parent activity. And then one day my husband comes to me with an idea that he had heard on a podcast that he listened to. Over and over again, God just keeps bringing the same issue up and he just keeps tugging on my heartstrings more and more and more. I think that means I'm really supposed to listen, huh? So what has God been laying on my heart like crazy? Well, two things, and they're both related. One, to stand on the authority of God's word. And two, for parents to pass on their faith. I'm reading from Joshua chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stone means? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea, when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. This is how I started a devotion that I did this past Sunday at church for a family ministry moment. If you want to see the video, uh, I recorded it and I put it on my website, amberpike.org. It's also on my YouTube channel. But this is a challenge to parents to pass on their faith. If you're familiar with the story of Joshua, this takes place after Moses had died. Joshua is in charge. The Israelites have been led out of slavery in Egypt there through the wilderness. They have seen God do all of these amazing things. There were the plagues, the blood, the frogs, the gnats. He split the Red Sea. He led them by a pillar of fire and a pillar of clouds. He sent manna from heaven. They got their water from a rock. All of these amazing things. But then the book of Joshua goes on to tell us that when Joshua passes away, The next generation that comes up didn't even know who God was. 
Moms and dads did not do their job. Moms and dads that saw God do amazing things for them. And they weren't obedient to the command to lead their children in the ways of the Lord. Now, how many of you during COVID have felt that moms and dads aren't doing their jobs? That they're not being obedient to the command God gave them? I am right there with you. Still there some days. And God has been laying this on my heart for a while. So as I'm crafting this devotion for my church, I'm writing it and I want something tangible for moms and dads to take home as a reminder. I wanted something they could put in their hands. So obviously, you know, we're talking about 12 stones. Let's use rocks. Now, my handwriting is about as good as a four-year-old's, maybe. And um, I really didn't want to just go buy the decorative rocks from Dollar Tree and write on them with a paint marker. Now, my husband could do this with his ridiculously gorgeous handwriting, but I wanted something a little more permanent. So I did what any self-respecting children's ministry leader would do, and I went to Amazon and Oriental Trading. Now, I would say that I hit the jackpot, but really, God was orchestrating all this because I found the most perfect thing. Oriental had rocks on, little, little rocks engraved with the names of God so perfect. You know why? Because the Easter lesson that I had just finished writing for our church focuses on the names of Jesus. God has been laying on my heart just the importance of standing on the authority of the word of God and not just teaching families to know about God, but to know him. And he's tying all of these things together in my heart and life and making it where I found rocks with the name of God to go with So many lessons and things that I'm working on. Like right now, he's just tying all these things together and I'm just going along for the ride and honestly loving it. So all of this is going on. It's happening. And then my husband came and told me about an episode of a podcast that he listens to. Now, for all the dads out there or leaders to tell the dads in your church, have you listened to the Dad Tired podcast by Jared Lopes? It spells like it should say Lopez, but it's Lopes. Um, It's a really awesome podcast. This guy just has a really fresh gospel centered dads lead your family kind of podcast. Uh, I'm not a dad, obviously, and I've been listening to it some. It's, It's fabulous. It truly is. So it was either his podcast or his book, same title, Dad Tired, that my husband was listening to or reading. And he came and he told me about this activity that Jared does with his family. They start at the beginning of the year with an empty jar. And every time throughout the year that they see God moving in their life, they write it down and they stick it in the jar. And they go back and they read them at the end of the year. It's a way that they can make their faith real, to pass on their faith. Awesome idea, by the way. But this led to a really awesome, amazing conversation with my hubby. How do you pass on your faith? We're commanded to pass on our faith. Parents are told this by children's ministry leaders. We point out Deuteronomy 6 all the time. But how? How do you pass on your faith? Most Christian parents, they want to see their kids walking with the Lord. So when they don't pass on their faith, when they're not intentionally discipling their children, it's not because they don't want their kids to follow Christ. For a lot of them, they feel ill-equipped or unqualified, or they just don't know how. 
So how do you pass on your faith? Well, to start with, you need to determine the goal. The goal is to see a child living an authentic, lifelong relationship with Christ. So that's our goal. But before we determine how to get to that goal, we need to step back and see, well, what does a relationship with Christ look like? A relationship with Christ is, first of all, following him. It's making that decision, that personal decision, to accept him, to become a Christian. Now, this is not something that mom or dad can do for you. This is not something that uh, the choice is made for you. This is a personal decision Decision everyone must make. Romans 5.8, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's step one. And after we make that personal decision to follow Christ, we have to spend time with him. This is prayer, studying his word, listening to his leading, worship, giving thanks. I explain it to my kids. It's like having a best friend. If you have a best friend, but you don't ever talk to them, you don't spend any time with them, you don't know anything about them, well, then they're not really your best friend, are they? And it's the same with God. If we claim to be followers of him, we have to be spending time with him, learning, listening. And then third, we need to apply these truths to our lives because just reading what we're supposed to do and going, okay, awesome. That's not cutting it. We need to do what God says to do. So in a nutshell, that sums up what living in a relationship with Christ is. The simple version. Our goal is to see kids make that decision on their own without any parental or adult coercion. To see them make that decision to follow Christ. And then to be spending time with him, learning about him, worshiping him, and living for him. That's the goal. But how do we get there? That's the big question. That's where moms and dads get stuck because they feel overwhelmed or unsure and unqualified. But honestly, we make it harder than it is. First of all, kids need to see mom and dad living in relationship with Christ. That is so important. They should see their parents reading the Bible, going to God in prayer, living their life seeking the Lord. This is that whole, you know, the act, your actions speak louder than words. That is true. First and foremost, kids need to see that mom and dad live in relationship with God, that they have a relationship with God. You cannot pass on what you don't have. Just seeing mom and dad truly living for Christ, not doing it for show, but truly living for Christ, that makes a big impact, one of the biggest impacts that can be made on a kid's life. So they need to see mom and dad living in relationship with Christ. And then it's as you go. We know the Deuteronomy 6 passage, God commands moms and dads to lead. Well, nowhere in that passage does it say that you have to have hour-long daily Bible studies and you're studying the word of God in the original Greek and Hebrew and you're singing choral chants in Latin. Now, if that's your sort of thing, go for it. But scripture says that the passing on of faith is done as you go. So as families are going through their lives, parents should be teaching their kids about God, which means that God should be part of their daily lives. Pray at mealtime. Talk about what God did that day. 
talk about what you've been reading in your Bible. Put worship music on as you're driving to school or cooking dinner. Discipline and parent um, using God's principles and his word. As you're doing life, God needs to be evident and you need to talk about it. Teach as you go. And don't overcomplicate it. Now, there should be an aspect of Bible study. But it doesn't have to be hard. You don't even really need outside resources. It can be as simple as just reading a passage out of the Bible, reading a a page out of a kid's story Bible, and asking questions. Mom and dad could ask questions that are showing comprehension. So why were Joseph's brothers so angry? Or the questions are helping to apply God's truth to their lives. Well, okay, what's God teaching us through this? You're talking about what God's doing in your life when he answers prayers, when he's talking or leading you, what you're learning in his word. It's, it's really that simple. We don't have to make it more complicated than it is. You should be praying together, but they don't have to be fancy 20-minute prayers with really big words. At dinner, my three-year-old wants a turn to pray. And um, every day, her prayer at dinner time goes a little bit like, for food, amen. But you know what? She's learning the habit of prayer, even if it's not a fancy or um, even understandable prayer. She's learning the importance of prayer because it's being modeled for her and she's getting to take part in it. Let your kids see you live it. So this point's kind of like the first point, but it bears repeating. You can't pass on what you don't have. So if you aren't living in relationship with God, you have no hope of passing on faith to your kids. So kids need to see parents serving God to give of their gifts, talents, time, and money. They need to see mom and dad being a godly spouse. With actions, they need to be taught what a godly marriage looks like. Parents need to be real and talk about their struggles, appropriately, of course. Or when God is moving in their hearts and lives, when they need direction or God's help, talk about it and let your kids know when he answers. Maybe you want to start a a journal or a jar and you're going to write down the things that you've seen God do this week. And you go back and forth and have your kids write on this too and participate. Because as much as they need to see you living in relationship with him, they need to be brought along to do it alongside of you. It's not just seeing mom and dad have a relationship. We want kids to have a relationship. So when you sit down and you lay it all out, passing on your faith doesn't seem that hard. It's it's really not. It's not hard or a complicated concept, but it does take intentional work. But it's worth it. The risk is too high for parents not to pass on their faith. If they don't, we will become like the Israelite generation that didn't know who God was, that worshiped false gods. So Kidman leaders, what is your role in this? What are you supposed to do to help mom and dad pass on their faith? Well, if you are a parent, you need to realize that you're a parent first and a leader second. You need to intentionally be leading your children. They are your priority You can be replaced at work, but you can't be replaced at home. So before you begin to think about getting the moms and dads at your church on board, 
you need to make sure that you are doing what God has called you to do as a parent. And then you need to be informing, equipping, and encouraging mom and dad to lead. They need to know what their calling is. Teach them their calling. Read the Deuteronomy 6 passage. Show them where God tells them it is their job to lead their kids. You might send home a really pretty printout of Deuteronomy 6. Or maybe you have family ministry moments and you're reading it from the pulpit. Uh, You could send them to my website or my YouTube channel and watch the, the video I did. It's about five minutes. It's called From Generation to Generation. But teach parents their calling. Give them that that charge to take part in it. And then show them how to lead because they might not know how. This is the step I think where most parents get stuck. They just don't know what to do because it sounds harder than it really is. So lay it all out for them. Just like I did in this podcast, walk through the steps and be like, hey, it's this easy. Or maybe you want to provide some training for them. Jonathan and Emily Martin created a six-week Bible study called the Family Worship Experience. And the cool thing about this is that it teaches parents how to lead their kids in worship. But it gives them a little extra level of safety because you, as the children's ministry leader, you're helping them. So it meets together and you do the, the first days with the church, with the leader beside you. And then moms and dads take it home and they practice doing it at home. So then by the end, they're confident and they know, hey, I can do this because I've been doing it because they were shown how. And then you're going to resource them. This is where we see a lot of conversation happening right now on the I Love Kidman group and other Facebook groups. We're trying to put resources into the hands of moms and dads that they can use. But the key is that you have to put resources into the hands of moms and dads that they will use. This is different for every church, for your unique makeup of moms and dads, what they want to use and will use. It's individual. So what works for one church isn't going to work for the next. But figure out what works for your church, for your families. What can you send home to resource them? Maybe you want to start simple with a great kid's Bible or devotion that has discussion questions. Right now I'm loving Epic Devotions, 52 Weeks in the Story That Changed the World. I sent this home as a resource for all of the families at our church. And it's great because it walks through God's story. The one story tying it all together. It has scripture, it has verses you can memorize, and it has discussion questions. But what are you going to resource your families with? So you've shown them their calling, taught them how to lead. You've given them awesome resources to use. But the last step is that you need to encourage them. And then encourage them again and again and again. So I told you about this family ministry moment I did on Sunday. Now, this is not the first time that I've called parents to action. They did get really cool rocks this time, though. But I got an email that afternoon from a member of our church. Her children don't attend. They go to a different church with dad. And she felt convicted and led to make a change in her family. Now, I'm giving credit where credit was due, and it was not so much my awesome talk, but it was the Holy Spirit leading her. God used what I said, and he's leading her to be intentional with her family, to intentionally 
shepherd them like she's commanded to. This can make an eternal difference. Because over and over and over again, if you call parents to action, it can change an eternity. They might just suddenly click that they need to be obedient to the command God's placed on their lives. Psalm 145.4 says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Teach mom and dad how to lead their kids. The risk is too high and the reward is too great to keep quiet. The next generation needs to know about God. And remember, Kidman leaders, what you do matters. Matters.